Welcome to The Key to Carowin, a work of original fiction by Wendy Fair. Key to Carowin is narrated by Mason Fair. The Key to Carowin, Chapter 16, The Awakening. The light grew to a blinding crescendo. Our sort of light now, not the feeble, anemic light of your world. This light was assertive and durable. This light stuck properly to people and showed what they were, illuminated the tenacity and strength of them. If you ever were to see this sort of light, you might tremble and perhaps fall to your knees before it, for you will think, surely this is too much, and surely this will kill me. But it isn't. It doesn't. In this light you will be alive, you will see everything. I have become unaccustomed to it. It scalds me now as it attaches my skin pallid and exposed from being in your infantile light too long. I put up my arm, a feeble shield, shading my eyes from the might of the brilliance. I have not seen light like this for so very long. But the light has me now, and I cannot hide from it as the door swings open. The light, thick and dirty in its advance, breaches the midnight bulkhead. My breath catches at first, then I breathe it in. Breathe in the cool, clear water scent of it and feel the weight of the shadows lift from my shoulders. I haven't felt such a breath for all this time. Then suddenly they are there. King Cadrin and Queen Ava. Aeoli is between them, holding each of her parents by a hand. The king bends over Aeoli's crumpled form, contradictorily still there light and shadow as one, and takes its hand. I hold my breath, waiting for him to realize, waiting for him to turn on me, waiting for the final blow. These things never happen. I watch instead as the fallen Aeoli rises, smiling up at her father as though awakening from a dream, a nightmare perhaps, for she is happy to see him. A smile and an embrace and then another. A cheek kissed and a forehead touched. They turn then, the three of them watching the door. I turn my gaze only to see Tiernan step through the door, emerging from the brilliance and the strength of that world, its light resting on him. He wears it like a royal robe. I hate him for that. It ought to have been me. I would have made it mine in time. I had him, had all the power he commanded at my fingertips, and he slipped through my hands. Tiernan is leading a young Abby by the hand, her shape sparkling silver at its edges. In a few quick strides, they are at the fallen Abby's form. Abby kneels over her own 
prone body and reaches for her hand. A glint of shade and light together, shining silver. A moan and a shifting of a form. A turn of her head, eyes opening. Tiernan reaches for Abby's hand then, helping her to rise. The form that is Abby stands, but the figure that rises is not that of a small child. Instead, there rises a beautiful young woman, graceful and weightless like the light dancing around her and falling gently on her face. Her gaze meets Tiernan's and they share a smile. A caress of a cheek and the kiss of another, and he turns, leading Abigail back through the door and into the light waiting to embrace them, smiling at one another as they go. The king and queen link arms with Aeoli and follow the two through the door. The shadows swarm down on me then. I try to move away from them, but the light holds me fast. I pull in a hard breath. A pushing, a tugging, a straining, and a decisive shove, and I stumble into the blinding light. Multicolored, multifaceted, disclosing, uncloaking, penetrating. All is laid bare, and I hate it. Hate the form I have become. Hate what they have made of me. Hate the way the light bends my shape into something other and hate what the shadows do not show and what they do. Sturdy guards seize my arms, one on each side, and I lurch forward, hurrying to keep my feet under me. They pull me along after them, dragging me through the market. A shout, a cheer, a cry of welcome, and ever the endless applause goes before them. Petals thrown forth from the crowd that gathers and a waving of kerchiefs so thick it might have blocked a lesser light. They make their way through the streets, ever closer to Kerwin, waving, smiling, embracing, laughing. The lost is found, the blind can see, the dead have risen. And to the king is ascribed the power of it all. It is an abomination to witness. I am embarrassed for them. They force my hand, then claim the victory. They stand on mounds of lesser beings whom they have leveled, then claim their ascension is by their own power. He has nothing that he has not taken at another's cost. He never went to do the thing he expected of me. Wouldn't demean himself and debase himself, yet he asked it of me. Now he utterly ignores the fact that I thwarted his plans. He still believes he is superior, not even understanding he is only emptiness without me. Light is unsubstantial if there is no darkness. He is nothing if not contrasted by me. And yet, to all others, he is everything. I cringe at the injustice. The guards haul me along behind the group, 
a captive paraded as spoils of a war never fought. I turn my face from the crowd. They will not gain the pleasure of looking upon me. We arrive at Kerwin and the mighty gates are drawn aside amidst the cheers and shouts of the guards and servants waiting to greet them inside. There was once a time when I could have shared in this, in the joy and admiration of it all. Now another outrage, another wrong that I should have to watch that which I can no longer partake of. Like pouring water to the ground before a thirsting man. The group stops in the garden behind the castle. Haha, <laughs> the colors. I had almost forgotten the succulence of the lush colors. Had lived on the fading memories of them for far too long. My mouth fairly watered at the sight of them. I lift my face into the light, letting it have me, letting it mix me in with the vividness surrounding me. He was speaking then, and I listened, waiting for him to turn on me. But it was his family he spoke to just then. We are so pleased to have you back, he says to Aeoli and Tiernan. We had worried so long, thinking you would never return. I cannot tell you the joy of this moment. Everything was smiles and embraces, a sky that tasted like the sheerness of the wind and the warmth of a hearth. I want to vomit. He could have come to retrieve them at any time. I had been waiting for that very thing, yet he hadn't. Why had he not? I believe... Tiernan began, turning to the girl, now a young woman. We have Abigail to thank for our reunion. None of us could have returned if it were not for her sacrifice. She smiles up at him. Indeed, the king replies, we are indebted to her. It would be fitting, I think, that one so selfless and brave would be made a part of the ruling family. What say everyone to a union of Abigail and Tiernan as it was previously intended? A gasp from the girl, nods, assents, and eagerness from others. You mean I could stay here forever? Abigail asks. Naive, silly, of course they will let her stay. They want her power and might. What else of hers would they usurp? What else would they command of her? Of course you may stay, Tiernan replies. And my family? What of them? Abigail presses. Good for her. Demand it all. I'm sorry, Abigail, Aeoli puts in with a reassuring hand on Abigail's arm. They cannot come to this world while they are yet alive in theirs. Then, if I do not return to them, they will live their lives believing they have lost me, that I died, Abigail protests. Yes, the king responded, but you were never truly theirs to begin with. It was the deceit of Angnor that brought you there. But they don't know that. They don't understand. Please, Abigail begs. You cannot leave them to suffer that. I'm sorry, my dear, 
The king replies with all his calm and assertion, but I cannot bring them here before their time. You see, he won't help. I told her he would not. The girl ought to have stayed with me. I could have given her everything she wanted. It's not right, Abigail protests. No, replied the king. It certainly is not right. That is the way of Angnor. He brings about injustice and misery. This wrong will be righted in due time. But for now, we can do nothing. I'm sorry. Silence and looks. Impotence in the wake of my actions. It is as I warned them it would be. They ought to have listened to me. They ought to have done what I said. Then I must go back, Abigail says quietly to the ground. She raises her gaze to Tiernan. I don't want to leave you, but they will suffer so much if I do not return. Can you understand? Yes, he replies readily. It is a noble thing to do. Go back to your family. When the time comes for you to return, you will find me waiting for you. Time does not move here as it does in your world. Everything will be just as you leave it, and yours to return to. Thank you, Abigail says. She turns to go, then sees me, held in place by the guards. She stops. What will happen to him? She asks, with eyes narrowed. I wish I could say they were narrowed in fear and hatred and loathing, but you would see my deceit. Her brows drew down in concern. A woman looking down on a wounded creature that she cannot aid. The same way she once looked at the duckling. I hate her for that. Bring him forward, the king commands. The men at my sides push me forward and I find myself face to face with him after all these years. Angnor, the king booms. You have caused much harm. I banished you to the world of men not to punish you, but hoping you would become more like the people of that world. I gave you a chance to have everything you said you wanted. I trusted you would see their sacrifices, their strength, their boldness, and want to help them to be more than they already were. I gave my creation to you in the hopes that you would help it grow. I wanted you to make for yourself all that I have made for myself here. Sadly, you destroyed that creation instead. I think it only fitting that you become that which you made at your own hand. I think it only fitting that you become that which was made at your own hand. You wanted a world to rule. I will yet give you what you ask. Since you wield darkness as your tool, you may rule that. Rule the shadows. Off with him. I was easily dismissed with a wave of a royal hand. A push and a pull, a shove and a heave, and my fate was sealed. I again stood in the darkness of your world, the light of their world stopping where it began. Never passing the threshold of the door. Never entering this long, dark night. I stood as the shadows crept over me and pawed at my feet, fawning and bowing and whispering words like master in my ear. I hated them for that.
listening to Key to Carowin, a work of original fiction by Wendy Fair. Key to Carowin was narrated by Mason Fair, with original music provided by Serena Fair. For more information about this and other projects, please visit shifterspress.ca. Thank you for listening.